Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Lions Daily on TalkSport 2. Good evening. I'm Tim Cocker, and this is the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2, where we are 48 hours out from deciding who's going to win this 2021 Lions series against South Africa. The final third test, and you can feel the anticipation and excitement building and it will be as well over the next hour as I'll be chatting to former Springbok and current Italy coach Franco Smith in a bit. Uh, also, our performance analyst, Ross Hamilton. Now, he's been doing nothing but watching and re-watching the games, pouring over the stats, and he'll be here to make some sense of both of the second halves in the first and second test, where the game was won on both occasions. I promise by the end of that, you'll have all the information to uh, impress your mates in the pub this weekend. And we're going to be rounding up the latest from the Lions camp as Ali Price spoke to us earlier today. First off, though, remember the third and deciding test match this weekend is exclusively live on TalkSport. Uh, boys, I'm not going to keep you long. And I think almost the time for words are finished. Cape Town known as the Mother City. Well, it's ready for the mother and father of all battles. There are days like this when many rugby players never have it, never experience it. It is special. I can tell you these are the things, these are the days that you never believe will come again. It has. And that is it! The Lions will win the first test of the series against South Africa in Cape Town. I love my rugby. I love my family. And when you come to a day like this, you you know know why you do it all. You know why you've been involved. It's a privilege because we are something special. You'll meet each other in the street in 30 years' time and there'll just be a look and you'll know just how special some days in your life are. Beats the first, beats the second, he's over the 10 metre line. He's going towards the 22, he beats the fullback, he's going for the corner. George North scores the try. We've proved that the lion has claws and has teeth. They're a metre short of the line, they're up to the line, are they over it? Try scored! First try of the Test Series goes to the British and Irish Lions and they absolutely needed it. We've wounded a springbok. When an animal is wounded, It returns in a frenzy. It doesn't think. It fights for its very existence. South Africa are up and over the line. Faftaklerk has put the ball down in the in-goal area. The lion waits. And at the right point, it goes for the jugular. And the life disappears. Today, every second of the game, we go for the jugular. Every tackle. Every pass. Every kick. And on that field, sometime today, all it will be between you is a loop. No words, just a look. That will say everything. And the biggest thing it'll say is you are special. 
You are very, very special. Go out, enjoy it. Remember how you got here and why. And finish it off. And those wearing the red of the British and Irish Lions. And be special for the rest of your lives. They have won the series. Alfie, do we have any walls I can headbutt and not get in trouble? It's oh. so good. <laughs> I am absolutely buzzing. He's here, it's arrived. And I, as I was listening to that, I was just thinking, do you know, a lot of credit has to be given to everybody involved for making this happen because we have got world-class sport to listen to this weekend on Talk Sport. We've got one of the titanic battles between one of rugby's institutions and the world champions of the sport, the best team on earth. And uh, that, yeah, there were times we didn't think this was going to happen and I'm so grateful that it is. Yeah, and I think we forget almost, or certainly have forgotten over the test matches, Tim, that, what was it, that game against the Sharks where a couple of hours before kickoff we didn't know if it was going to go ahead. There were the Springboks having to isolate more positives in the Lions camp. But we've got to the point where we've got a test series and it's come down to a decider. Look, it hasn't been a perfect Lions tour, but the fact that it has gone ahead is uh, is pretty impressive. It's, it's remarkable. And we've we've got 46 men that will be going head-to-head out on the field and 80 minutes uh, from history. And uh, you will not miss a minute on Talk Sport. Uh, build up, well, here on the Lions Daily, of course. Uh, but uh, I'm just going to give you a heads up. Tomorrow evening on Talk Sport, there is a three hour preview show with Craig Doyle and Ben Kay. And I think they're going to be graced by uh, James Haskell in person tomorrow as well. Yep, James Haskell will be in the studio for the first hour. Hannah Wilkes as well. So a packed yes, out studio. Quite right. Uh, so catch that tomorrow evening, Friday evening on Talk Sport. And then Saturday, build up. From across the country from 4 pm, kickoff at 5 pm. Absolutely huge. How are you feeling, Tim? Um, I, I genuinely still have goosebumps from listening to that. That was the, the words of Saria McGeek and some of his iconic, one of his iconic speeches uh, brought to life by. Well, the whole TalkSport team and, and many of the great names from the world of rugby. Yeah, the guys at the station have done a, a great job of putting that together. I've listened to that genuinely over 10 times and it still gives me goosebumps. It was McGeekin's speech from 97, so the, the really famous one, of course, and it gets me so up for this weekend, Tim. It really does. And, and that and that documentary, that 97 Living with the Lions documentary, has come up so many times when speaking to players that have subsequently played for the Lions, including guys like Marcus Smith, who is out there now even the young ones still that just has a special place and uh, hopefully we're going to have something else very very special happening on Saturday Uh, one man let's hear from one man who's got a big role to play he started the first test he was then benched for the second he's back and starting at scrum half for the Lions on Saturday Ali Price he was asked how they can go about breaking down South Africa's oppressive defence if you watch the South Africans and how they do defend, they bring a lot of line speed and they keep coming They keep coming high. When you face a defence like that, you have to attack the seams, you have to try and get in behind them and then play in behind them. You know, they're very good at shutting you down when you try and go wide too early. We've found that. So, yeah, I, I mean, there's ways around it. And I think from the first test and, and the first half of the second test, um, you know, it's a very tactical game, but you have to you have to get the small gains you know, it might be off kicking, it, it, it could be forcing an error off of them and, and that's kind of how you march your way up the field. Um, you know, defences are, are pretty strong and I think that showed, especially at the back end of the second test. Um, they were very quick over the ball when we were trying to play uh, and obviously chase the game and 
we gave away penalties and then they could extend their lead even further. So I think it's trying to find that balance, that's for sure. Lions scrum off Ali Price uh, and right to acknowledge the defence that South Africa bring. Um, I think there was a, a stat I saw, Alfie, something like out of the last nine games South Africa have played, and this is spanning, you know, more than a couple of years, uh, they've on something like five or six occasions they haven't let the opposition score a try at all. It's bonkers, isn't it? It's I think crazy. I saw something similar. It kind of it takes into account the World Cup and, and what we've seen this year of the Lions series as well. And it is an unbelievable defence. It is one of the great, I think, defences we've probably seen in the international game. I found it interesting from Ali Price there, though, chatting about, you know, all this week, I think every uh, pundit that, that we've heard from and even listening elsewhere has all been, I want to see the Lions play more. I want to see them try it. And Ali Price kind of saying there, you can't go wide easily against this South African team maybe just goes to explaining you know why we've seen the lions go about things in the way they have yeah it's it's one of those it's one of those rugby clichés that gets used a lot and because it is such a cliche you sort of write it off but that you have to earn the right to go wide yeah there there is some sense to that you have to soften them up in the middle to to be able to create the space uh, out wide and I, yeah i think ali price is probably right to say that and i don't think it'll be um the free-flowing kind of game that some might be thinking is the way to win. I think you acknowledged it actually earlier this week that, that the speed that the Lions play at is more important than where they necessarily play the game. And Simon Shaw on yesterday's Lions Daily was talking about how important it is to move these big lumps around of South Africa and not give them the opportunity to rest. So uh, that's where Ali Price, I think, has got a massive role to play. And that's, I think, why he's been given the nod because he just brings a tempo uh, that the Lions are definitely going to need if they're going to pull off a win. I think it's key. I think it's absolutely key. We mentioned it as well, didn't we? But the kind of pushing and shoving, and I loved that element of the second test. I loved the kind of feel that these sides don't like each other and they wanted to get in amongst it. But it did play into South Africa's hands a little bit. It slowed the game down. We had that one after the Colby um, kind of taking Connor Murray in the air, which they then looked at the TMO. It slowed it down more. It delayed it. The Lions almost need to take a step back from that, which in itself is a challenge because they're going to be so fired up up, they're going to have to bring an incredible physicality to the game but at the same time try not to engage in the kind of pushing and shoving which I'd imagine psychologically is a, a weird place to be oh yeah I'm going to use another cliche that uh, a coach of mine always used to say bodies on fire heads in the fridge I haven't heard that one yeah that's what we always used I to say I quite like that <laughs> yeah it's good I'm definitely going to need cool heads I'd like you say leadership and as much as they're going to want to physically you know, set the tone. They've they've got to realise that the bigger picture, you can't get sucked into the Springbok kind of game. Uh, so, I actually am encouraged by what Ali Price is saying, um, and I think it's right that people just don't expect anything more than maybe just a slight tweak on what we've seen in the first two games. Yeah, I think the Lions know what they have to do. The question is, are they able to go out and execute it? Will they be able to get South Africa on the back? foot a bit more or break them down a little bit those are the questions really it's not as simple as well they have to play a free-flowing you know style of rugby that's not it they know what they have to do it's going to be an arm wrestle but it's still going to be really tight can they come out on the right side of it we'll wait and see on Saturday but Tim I cannot wait I know I'm so excited and some of those questions you just referred to I, I can ask to the I guess next on the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 with the famous grouse, the spirit of rugby, 18 plus B drink aware because next we'll be chatting to former Springbok Franco Smith who was recently head coach of Italy and previously worked with Razzy Erasmus at the Free State Cheaters. And we are level. 
Cape Town will see a decisive and third test match next Saturday to decide this series. Tim Telfer combined with the McGeekin made the famous um, Everest speech. This is like Everest and K2 put together. Courtney Laws with a good clean out with Elliot Daly. He's got hit in the backfield as it's worked along the line by the lines. Elliot Daly is back up. It was a good clean hit, but it absolutely drove Elliot Daly backwards. It's uh, a dream come true. It's it's the pinnacle of a guy from Britain and Ireland to, to play for the Lions. I think this is going to be a day that is going to live long in the memory of the 23 players who were actually involved in this game. This could be the moment mm. that this group of players truly become united. We've got one more chance. One more chance to make history of this group. Last game of the season, last game for, for four years. Welcome to British and Irish Lions Rugby. What a score! Uh, we're getting out the full repertoire of epic music on today's Lions Daily and those Lions moments on the show this evening as well. Welcome back. I'm Tim Cocker and this is our final show before the third test. But as I mentioned earlier, tomorrow on TalkSport at 7pm, a three-hour preview show with Craig Doyle, Ben Kay, Hannah Wilkes and joined by James Haskell as well. Make sure you catch that. But for now, we'll continue our build-up and I'm delighted that the former Springbok, Adam Manu, who was recently head coach of Italy, Franco Smith, joins me. Hi, Franco. Yeah, good evening, Tim. Good to hear from you. Uh, great to have you on. Uh, now, you've recently flown back to Italy from South Africa, right? Yeah, it's been the last uh, three weeks there. Um, obviously, the follow the Lions do it a little bit as well. And uh, yeah, good to see really interesting things happening lately on and off the field. So a good build up to this final week. Oh, you're not wrong. What was the mood like in South Africa ahead of this third test then, Franco? Yeah, I think uh, we also experienced a little bit of a build-up, if I can put it that way. Losing the first one, um, then everything that happened that week that played the role now um, in build and, and exciting everybody for what's going to happen on this weekend. So yeah, at this stage, the, the Springbok supporters, the guys away from the game, they're very excited. They think we've got a more than better chance to win this one. They feel we're on the up, although um, I think rugby-wise, I, I must honestly say, that uh, I think the Springboks will have to step up a little bit and and just show a little bit more. I think the game uh, specifically, there was a lot of concern from the rugby people in our country about um, the, the, the the time of play on the weekend and a lot of uh, uh, lack a lack of um, uh, any imagination. So yeah, we hopefully this final test will will see also a bit of a better brand from both teams. Was there a sense in South Africa that there's there's a there's a real bit of animosity building between these two teams as well, which is just adding to the build-up? Yeah, definitely. I think comments off the field added to that. You can see the pushing and shoving and all the discussions in the media afterwards about foul play and the the sighting officer coming is coming in play. And, and we know that uh, in this Lions battle, um, it's definitely going to be the side that's more physical. And makes his tackles least errors, least errors. Um, and also discipline is going to play a role. But to channel your energy and to channel your aggression this week um, into rugby actions is going to be very important for both teams, I believe. Franco, I know you have worked with Razzy Erasmus in the past uh, at the Free State Cheetahs. So uh, firstly, just on, and broadly, what was he like? Yeah, look, I... I, I we spent at least two months together on the Springbok coaching staff as well before I decided to to change my role to back to the one that I had in, in, in Bloemfontein. Yeah, they uh, he's a he's a very um, a very astute co um, uh, tactical person. You know, he obviously works a lot on 
on trying to outthink the opposition, especially from the defensive point of view. He tries to shut down the teams um, even before they can start getting momentum. Uh, you guys would have noticed that also winning the World Cup is in the same way, a lot of pressure, um, a lot of uh, tackles made. He's, he's, he puts his, he, he's put, he's put, as a player, he put his body first, so he expected of the people that he coaches. He's, um, he's a very determined person. And then obviously, Jock Dinover, that spent his whole coaching career and from, from a physiotherapist becoming a, a trainer and then end up being a, a defense coach. They've, they've worked long and they know each other well. And the, for them, it's always about uh, forcing errors and making the least mistake, mistakes. And I think um, as a person, he's getting that across. Mm, for sure. Uh, you've already mentioned the the off-field stuff that's added to the build-up for this game and, and last week's game as well. Uh, was What did you make of the antics of Razzy Erasmus? Yeah, I think uh, you know, I've got, I can understand exactly why he did it and why in what context he did it. Um, I think being involved in, um, in top-class rugby now as well for a long time, uh, the frustration sometimes... Um, is there. There's a lot of pressure. Uh, I think after you've won the World Cup, there's a lot of pressure of winning a home series. So, yes, you can understand that, that, that from what point it came off. Um, obviously, I think um, it's, a, it's a difficult one to criticise, but also I believe rugby is, is, must keep his integrity. I still believe there's channels to work through, um, which they definitely did work through. I think the whole video was about about showing South Africa and the supporters that he really fights for the Springboks' rights. And uh, I think that was the message in the end that he wanted to get across. Yes, that sound, he criticised the referees and the way he went about it is maybe different, but his idea was to, to gather the whole South Africa behind the Springboks um, and get them across the line in the next two games. I understand why you would find it difficult to criticise. There are lots of people that haven't found it difficult to criticise and we'll see what World Rugby have to say about that. But moving on to the game, I'd just be interested. You, you already mentioned Jacques Nienaber. Um I, I want to hear what you think uh, about what he had to say here, talking about being without Fafta Klerk and Peter Steff Toy, and despite rejoining the squad, Dwayne Vermaelen as well, not in the matchday side. Uh, Jacques Nienaber, explain why. Dwayne is in a process of return to to play. So the first uh, phase is return to training. So obviously went through his rehab, did his return to training. And and, and I must say, uh, the guys who was in charge of his rehab and return to train did a wonderful job. And obviously he's now in a return to play process. And we just got him got him into our mix and uh, he started working with us. Uh, he did uh, uh, part of our training yesterday. And like I said, uh, uh, we, we will not play him if he's not ready and obviously he's got to be ready in terms of himself being confident. Uh, he's got to be ready in terms of uh, uh, things that we change and hasn't been in the environment for a while. So i uh, got to get up to speed with how we do things. And then thirdly, he has to be uh, full, full on medically fit and uh, conditioning fit. Franco, something just popped into my head there. Uh... Do you think there's any chance Dwayne Vermaelen might make a, a late, unexpected appearance in a in a Razzy mind game fashion? Yeah, I can understand why you think so, but uh, <laughs> I think, you know, numerous times I think Jock said, you know, he's in a return to play phase. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, obviously next week uh, the rugby championship kicks yeah. off. Uh, to get them involved, he's got a great presence um, in and about the team. 
I mean, he's going to be somebody that, that Rassi and Jock wants in the change room maybe for the game, before they go out this weekend. Uh, he's, uh, it will be, uh, it will be very, um, I mean, I don't want to call it unprofessional, but unprofessional to play a guy straight from, from injury without any warm-up game, without any game time, without enough practice with the team, straight into a final, final like this, you know, this is a final yeah. thing. So, yeah, I, I, I doubt, obviously doubt, but you never know. Um, I sincerely uh, think that it's uh, he's, he's, he's coming back to be, play a role around the team and not necessarily on the field. Yeah, for sure. Um, Fafta Clerk and Peter Steftatoy, incredible players in their own right. How big a loss are they for the Springboks this weekend? Yeah, I mean, Peter Stef is... <laughs> Well, it goes without saying, I think he does three people's work on the field. He's got an extremely good work rate. He's powerful. He's tall. He's a good line-out option. He carries the ball extremely well and he's defensively really sound. So it goes without saying that he's, uh, he's been playing really well. And, 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 and I think um, the other two loose forwards um, between Jasper and Sia, not really jumping options in the line-out. So there's a lot of pressure on the bench. Also, Marco van Staan that's on the bench, not really a jumping option. So I think uh, with uh, the idea to move Franco Moster to the loose forward, obviously, is to keep that right. Obviously, I think Franco Moster has played enough there to to bring his part. He's a he's a quality player. He's fit, very fit person, um, very determined, and he's obviously that lineup option that they want. So yeah, he'll be definitely missed. Um, but I think you know the the, the lineup wise uh, with Franco Eben and, and now Luet in the middle there, I think they'll they'll be fine. And I think that was important for us. Faf, on the other hand, um, yeah, Faf's kicking game was really up to par. I think he, we'll, we've seen that that's going to be the main difference. Not that Kubis Reinach is not a kicking specialist. Obviously, Faf's kicked off his left foot. I think that will make a little bit of a, a, a difference. Uh, for one, the other thing is Kubis' natural game is maybe to look to play before um, the kick. But obviously... Um, I think that's where Faf's control. He's played in all the important games for South Africa and semi-finals, quarter, uh, semi-finals and quarterfinals, semi-finals and the final of the World Cup. His experience around the team, his influence, his voice is, is very important. So yes, Kubis uh, Ranach will bring something different. We all know, and you've known from his performance at Northampton, mm. that he's definitely an influential player. But I think Faf's control around the park maybe uh, will be missed. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point, actually. Um, your prediction, Franco, finally? Oh, it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be down to the wire. Um, I think that the Lions will play a little bit more with the ball in hand, looking at the team that they've picked and the number of Welsh players in there. I definitely feel, uh, or I hope so. I hope that South Africa um, makes a, a, a better effort to up the tempo and play the game at a test match intensity. So, uh, you, as you hear, I'm trying to get to the point. It's tough. It's going to be a tough call, but I think South Africa might clinch it just with three or four, six points, having more nice than coming off the bench. <laughs> oh, no, I can't take that again, Franco, if that were to happen again. Oh. Um, I've, I've got to ask, actually, because you're back in Italy now. Uh, what's the interest in Italy like? And you've got incredible cafes and piazzas to go and sit on, but is there anywhere you can go and watch the game? Yeah, no, of course. Uh, do everything to watch it. I look, I said I was closely involved in the first two test matches. Um, uh, I've got a lot of interest. My work forced me back this way now. And 
yeah, no, we'll find a way. We'll, we'll find a way. We'll, I'll gather a lot of South Africans here that's in, in Treviso and uh, we'll definitely have a look and see what the outcome is going to be. Well, if you get stuck, download the TalkSport app. Nice one, Franco. Thanks for your time. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Good man. Franco Smith, uh, now involved in the uh, Italian national setup, but one-time Springbok and colleague of Razzy Erasmus. Interesting thoughts on the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 with the famous grouse, the spirit of rugby, 18 plus B drink aware. And next, we're going to chat with the former England and Saracens performance analyst. He's been doing that job for us this summer brilliantly. Uh, more stats from Ross Hamilton next. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. I, I'm going to go, I've, I've got, I think I've gone for the same score every week, which is 25-23. Um, I'm going to go with the Lions because I can't bring myself to, to say the Southampton's a win. So 25-23 to the Lions. It's going to be really, really tough. I would have focused on, on the mental side of, of how I don't want to let four nations down. Momentum is with the Springboks. And what the Springboks do have is a game plan that they all know, they're all confident in. It's won them a World Cup. So I, I just think the Lions have to be very, very smart this week in a way they they try and play the game. Because I don't think they can kind of beat the box at their own game. I just don't think any side in World Rugby can at the minute. I think the Lions win. I'll just say it now. I think that was a blimp. I've been in a team where you win the first test, takes a little bit of the pressure off in the second one. The other team is desperate and they get that. I think the Lions have to change a few things in how they attack. But at the same time, I'm, I'm backing them in the third test. How are we feeling then, Lions fans? Confident? Those are the predictions and the thoughts of Simon Shaw, Peter de Villiers, Jamie Roberts and Alex Corbiziero over the last few days. Alfie and I will do our predictions shortly. Um, and I've got to say, Alfie, I'm just I'm getting to the point where I'm just blindly uh, ignoring any facts, any numbers. This is why I'm glad we've got Ross coming on in a second. And I'm just going into fan mode, red... And that's it. It's a Lions tour, Tim. This is exactly what's <laughs> supposed to happen. You can't fight it anymore. 
It's just it's just how it goes. No, the the good thing about that, and to temper that, and to to, to put some facts along with the emotions, uh, we've got our resident performance analyst Ross Hamilton joining me. Hi, Roscoe. Hi, Tim. How you doing? I'm good. Are you? Are you? Because you spend all your time analysing rugby, watching stuff, looking at it from different angles, seeing if there's a stone that you haven't turned yet. Uh, do you just? Can you switch that off and switch on the fan mode? A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> Very regularly, to be honest. I sometimes get lost in it. You know, I'm a fan just like everybody else. The Lions is the biggest and the best of the best. So I, I can get lost in it and just want uh, want the best for us, regardless of whatever stats I've found as well. Right. Well, we're going to get into what you have found then, because in both t- test matches so far, the second half has been massively influential. So starting with the first test, which the Lions won, what does your analysis tell us? Yes. So one of the big key themes that carried on throughout is the penalties, the discipline, um, penalties conceded in the second half of the uh, of the first test was South Africa conceded eight and the Lions only one. And of course, you then say, well, South Africa's got an element of ill discipline and it's something they need to look at, which yes, they did. Um, but there's an element of the opposition exerting enough pressure to cause those. They obviously have an influence on the game. And that's sort of what I've seen in that first test. Um, I looked at the possession time. So um, South Africa had just over a minute more possession time than us in the first half. But in the second half, the Lions had three minutes more than South Africa. And how we got that possession came from our lineouts. South Africa only won one lineout in the second half. Um, the Lions eight. Out of that possession that we then had, I looked at the possession errors and, and how we used that. And we were on the better side of it in the first half with uh, South Africa making five possession errors and the Lions eight. And that was completely directly reversed. And that we then made... Um, five only five possession errors in South Africa eight, so huge change in pressure. One of the biggest things of this, and we've said it right from the start with South Africa, especially, is their physicality. So we looked at a, a metric we have called dominant carries. It looks at the the contact zone within the carry, um, and South Africa had nine dominant carries in the first half. The Lions only two. Now in the second half. We, met, we managed to get parity just slightly a little bit better. We had nine ourselves in South Africa, just eight. So it was that pressure. I mean, that's one thing of many that have uh, contributed to that pressure that we are able to exert onto South Africa to cause them to, to concede so many penalties, of which we, we know, you know we kicked a lot of and got the win in the end in that game. Yeah, and I think a lot of people sensed as we were watching the, the second test and a lot of people have said since, it felt like a, a complete reversal. So I'd be interested to know what happened in the second half of the second test. You mentioned dominant carries, lineouts, and penalty counts. That, other things going on, what happened in the second test? Yeah, those people are pretty much spot on. I can take you through all of them, but it, it follows a very, very similar trend. So again, if we look at penalties conceded, South Africa in the second half, just four and the Lions nine. So that's one big factor, yes. But as we said, there's so many other things that contribute to that take an example the possession time the first half we had nearly two and a half minutes more possession time than South Africa in the second half they had five minutes more than us we only had four and a half minutes worth of possession time in the second half again I don't know if any of the fans out there sort of have a think about that of how little that actually is four and a half minutes of ball in hand you're going to find it very hard to exert any pressure and to uh, implement your game plan that came from again very similarly sourced in terms of the lineouts. South Africa won eight, we only won two. Uh, the, the, what we had in terms of possession, which was very limited as well, we also didn't use very effectively. In the first half, we each made four turnovers in terms of South Africa and the Lions. 
And then the second half, South Africa went down to just two turnovers lost and the Lions made 10. So even though we had such little possession, we actually turned the ball over even more. Then we're going into these other elements, which you said dominant carries in the physicality. Uh, South Africa made two dominant carries in the first half and the Lions six. And then that was flipped. Um, or just again, for South Africa to get a little bit of dominance where they made six and the Lions five. The other one that sits very similarly to that is over the gain line carries. Obviously, that's the front foot and getting go forward. South Africa in the first half just made 14 carries over the gain line. So uh, Lions 26, so nearly double. But then in the second half, South Africa managed 14 again, and we went down to 12. So it followed an almost identical pattern. One thing that I'll say, which perhaps um, exaggerated the score, as we saw in the second, uh, second test that South Africa managed, was the red zone efficiency. We've spoken about this before, but for anybody else joining, that's the amount of points you take away per entry into the opposition 22. In the first half, we managed a point each per entry. And in the second half, obviously, we didn't score any, so ours was zero, um, but South Africa managed four. They actually only managed to get into our red zone three times into the Lions 22, but they scored 12 points from that. And that was perhaps the difference in that scoreline being so exaggerated, more so than the first test. That's really interesting. And and you sort of add into all this, sometimes it's those intangibles. And I'm, I'm thinking back to the World Cup final, but definitely thinking back to last week, that the compounding of errors, one penalty suddenly becomes three or four. And, uh, you know, you, you don't tweak the line out as you should to, to solve it in the moment and on the game. And that's just the pressure that South Africa can exert on you and what the Lions have got to overcome. So what, what's your kind of conclusion as we look towards the, the third test, the, the decisive test, taking all that information into account? Well, you're absolutely right. It's the pressure. And that's sort of what I was saying at the start, that we in the first test in the second half managed to exert more pressure. South Africans did that in the second half in the second test. So I think it's just going to come down to that. Who can implement their game plan for the longest it seems to be just these two tests happen to be really uh, first half and second half, but obviously that can stretch. Who can exert their game plan the longest, whatever that may be, to get themselves a dominance? With the changes we've made, we'll have to play a different style, I think. Um, I think you might ask me my opinions later, but I think that we'll have a good chance, the lines of doing that. We'll, able to, we'll be able to put our game plan into it uh, and hopefully get the win. I'll tell you what, have a listen to what Rory Best said, because everyone had their say uh, after the second test about what Warren Gatlin should do with his selection. Um, and here's what Rory Best said about the Lions' back three. I think the back three is obviously an area that they they wanted to change. Um, I was surprised that the the two changes, I think if they're going to make two, two changes doing Vander Murphy, you would have thought might have been one of them. But look, ultimately, I think the way Warren Gatlin likes to play the game is he likes big physical players right across the board wherever he can and I'm doing van der Merwe certainly fits that role did it surprise you um, that Duan van der Merwe retained his place and it was Stuart Hogg and Anthony Watson that dropped out Ross I guess yes and no is the answer to that I'll take you to sort of why South Africa have very clearly been um, employing a kick style game plan they kicked 90% of their possession in the first uh, first test that dropped just slightly to only 83% in the second so we're probably going to expect that might continue. I did have a look at the, these sort of the five players in question um, in terms of the back three um, and their sort of ball collection when they've been put under pressure. Now, Duan de Merva was the sort of lowest um, success in terms of um, receipts. Uh, I took a look at how many they actually caught and how many they dropped or didn't catch, perhaps. 
uh, and he only you know sort of successfully caught 47 percent um, of his carries Anthony Oxen was at 55 percent and Stuart Hogg at 68. So of the three, he was the weakest of those things. And if you think that's the game plan against South Africa and to employ, that might surprise you. However, I don't think you drop your entire back three for that one aspect, and you certainly don't drop th those players just with that single thing in mind. I think what he's done is, is bring in some of the other guys to perhaps counteract that element. I think he keeps Duane van der Merwe there for his potential. Um, in the tour so far, just keep in mind, um, he's still made the most metres, the most clean breaks, the most defenders beaten, the most dominant inclusions, and the most gain line carries of any Lion. So he has that physicality, as Rory Best said then. He has that potential, and I think he stays there for that aspect. Everything else that Warren Gatlin perhaps wants to combat in South Africa, he's done with those other changes, with bringing in Josh Adams and Liam Williams. Yeah, and, and what specifically do you think Liam Williams and Josh Adams will add well, Liam Williams is the one for me who's just the solid guy at the back. He perhaps was unlucky to not start all of them, or at least the first test. Um, same, same sort of metric that I looked at in terms of his high ball collections. He was on 75%. So he was the best of these guys. So that's maybe why he got the nod ahead of Stuart Hogg. I'm going to say Josh Adams and Francie Watson. Josh Adams' uh, high ball collection is the worst of all of these. He's uh, only caught two and dropped three. So that's possibly not why he's in there. But then none of these guys have particularly attacked very well. We only made 105 metres in the last test, and that's something I've never seen. I, in all the rugby I cover, that number is so incredibly low. We obviously didn't, weren't able to get anything, any foothold, and so no players really played too well. But you, I don't think you could argue Anthony Watson's been so incredibly outstanding above everybody else that he deserves his place. A lot of um, clamour at the start for why isn't Josh Adams starting in that first test after his eight tries in, in three games. So I think that's just perhaps giving another guy a chance. He certainly earned his chance. Anthony Watson hasn't done enough to hold his space. And I think that's just a case of let these guys play and see what they can do who are hungry and want that third test win. Fair, balanced and as ever full of information and facts. Ross, thanks so much. Thanks, bud. Pleasure. Uh, just to mention, uh, following us at 6pm, there will be live coverage of the Racing League from Doncaster. Now, the first race of the evening is uh, just a couple of minutes' time, actually, uh, and that's live on TalkSport, but from 6pm, we'll have all the rest of the night's action. Right now, you're listening to the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 with the famous grouse, the spirit of rugby, 18-plus drink aware, and next, it's all about those predictions for Saturday's third test and more from the Lions camp ahead of that massive matchup. How do you feel when you see Dan Bigger run out in a Lions jersey? It makes us very, it makes me very proud. You know, I've known Dan since a young, very young lad, and uh, to see his progression in rugby is fantastic. He's always been, he's always been a professional, even since a young lad. Josh Adams! Oh, just we all so proud of him, and can't wait to see him wear that red jersey and come on the pitch Saturday and do the business like he always does. Johnny Hill and the Exeter connection puts the Lions in for a third try of the first half. Go enjoy it, make the most of it, never look back and leave it on the field. You always see players like Stuart who are talented and they would have made it, you know, whoever was working with them, they're, they're one of those players that were always going to make it. And they will score in the corner and Jack Conan the number eight. When we were in school, we were clamouring, our coaches were like, you've got to start Jack Conan in the Senior Cup, you've got to start him, he's this good. My goodness me, we have seen an almighty tackle here from Laws. He knows how proud we all are in Northampton, particularly at Northampton Old Scouts, and whatever he does, he will make us proud. Tide, Furlong, Island. I wanted to see the Tigers take charge of that scrub, you know, realise that 
when he's going to speak, people are going to listen. In terms of Mario in particular, yeah, he's a massive thinker, athletic as hell, just in terms of determination as well. He hates losing. Ferguson will pick up the tight end prop and he's up and over the line. Just do what you do. You know, you don't have to be anything flashy. Just play the game, play the reason that you were picked. Enjoy it. And Curry will go in, round behind the post and score a try. For him to get his first Lions cap, it's still quite surreal, even after 33 England caps. I don't think I can be any more proud. Everything that happens from this point on is just fantastic. Jamie George goes over the line and puts the ball down. He proved himself as a tough animal there and, and his, his family and friends will be rooting for him. What would you say to your former teammate, Owen Farrell, uh, you know, with the context that we're in right now with the, with the Lions squad, with everything he's achieved, what, what would you say to him? I would probably just tell him to, to go out there and do what he does, do what he does best, which is just win. Rory Sutherland. Scotland. It's been a unique pathway he's been on. It's been a challenging pathway. It's not the traditional pathway. It's just fantastic. Just fan- he, he just be himself, and everyone else will be fine. I can promise him that. Try scored. First try of the Test series goes to the British and Irish Lions. Luke Cowan he gets the try. What's it been like watching your brother play for the British and Irish Lions? Pretty like real, really like um, still still like pinch yourself once once you know he gets back and stuff and it'll be talk about it then but like at the minute it's still like sort of unbelievable Hamish Watson who goes over and scores I just well I'll tell you what I said in the text to him I said uh, delighted uh, that you've made the bench go smash it go do what you what you're your best at what I said to Connor is we have huge pride in what, what he's achieved he's a huge example and a great representative for all that Gary Owen represents Tulepe Falatau Wows. Keep doing what you're doing, play with a smile on your face and take it in your stride as you always have. Make people home and proud of you as, you, as you've done throughout your career. To Anthony Watson, and Anthony Watson will finally get his try. The biggest thing is go out and enjoy yourself and just back yourself. Finn's going to push the boundaries, the coaches know that, I believe that's why they selected him. It's probably no real surprise to both Coastal and, and, and his family that Finn has reached the, the dizzy heights that he has done. If you were chatting to Warren now, what, what message would you would you give to him, Joe? I would just say, don't change the thing, pal. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep believing. This is going to happen for you. And uh, I'll see you for a pint shortly. Is someone cutting onions where you are as well? My, my. Those, all the messages we've had on the Lions Daily over the tour. It's been absolutely brilliant chatting with family members, former teammates, former teachers, former coaches for the 2021 British and Irish Lions. Love it, Alfie. It's been good, hasn't it? Really has. That was a really enjoyable little bit of audio to put together, I must say, just the different messages we've heard and the different voices. And it just reminds you, doesn't it, that these guys have been out there, what is it, two months or so, if not maybe more for the guys that joined up in Jersey, kind of in a bubble away from family, no, you know, no close family members and friends with them. So it's, it's been good that they've had a small voice here on the Lions Daily. Absolutely. How can I listen to all of those messages, having listened to all of those stories from all those fantastic people from schools, clubs, communities and families all around the UK and Ireland and not back our boys for a win? It's, it's got to be a Lions win, hasn't it? Alfie, are you backing anything other than a Lions win on Saturday? So it's a very much a head and heart situation, Tim. <laughs> I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. But I'll, a reminder of my reasoning earlier in the week. The first test I said that South Africa would win, they didn't. The second test I said the Lions would win, they didn't. So I'm kind of going for, you know, I'm going to go for the Springboks, hoping that that trend 
continues. Thank you, Alfie. I appreciate your sacrifice there. Um, <laughs> let's hear from uh, England and Harlequins prop Joe Marler. He told TalkSport Breakfast that, well, for one thing, he didn't understand why Warren Gatland had made so many changes. He's brought in a couple of boys that are starting on the bench. You like uh, Finn Russell, yeah. Sam Simmons, who've got a bit more attacking oomph to them. Um, I'd like to have seen them actually start. I thought about it and I went, why Why do you change the 23? I'd have just gone, if I was the coach, I'd go, this is, well, how has he made that many changes from, or changed his mind from the first game to the third and gone, oh, I'm going to play a completely different way now in the space of three weeks? Why don't you just pick the same team the first game and then keep it the second? There's been so many changes. Well, what's the, what's the Einstein quote? The, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing again and again and expecting a different result. Yeah, exactly. Joe Marler kind of contradicted himself there as well because he, <laughs> he said did. that he wanted to see Finn Russell and Sam Simmons and players like that start, but at the same time, why are they making so many changes? He did. Do you know, I'm going to leave the final word to the Lions camp, Phil's only right, and scrum half Ali Price. He spoke with our reporter, Neil Manthorpe, earlier. It was such a long first half in the second test match. I mean, it's clear that the Springboks want to slow the game down and it's also equally clear that the Lions want to play with a bit more tempo and a bit more pace. So what... What can you do? I mean, can can the, the team that wants to play with pace and tempo do anything if the other team doesn't want to? I think we, we harmed ourselves almost with a lot of it. Um, you know, if you give away penalties, it gives the opposition a chance to, to slow it down. Um, whenever the ball goes out, you know, if, whenever there's a knock-on or an error, these are all opportunities for, for a team that maybe want to slow it down to slow it down. Uh, I think it's it's on us to... Um, obviously minimise errors um, discipline has to has to be better and uh, I think that all put together will enable us to, to keep them moving you know we keep the ball in play and, and all the rest of it but um, if we're giving away penalties and, and knocking on and, and such then that, that just allows them to, to play at their pace There's obviously a lot of passion in any Lions tour but there's been a bit of niggle as well um, I don't know whether it's exceeded expectations on the field there's <laughs> certainly lots of niggle between the supporters um, but but do you think you'll look back and still remember this as as a, a, a great tour given Covid difficulties and you know just such a difficult tour all round yeah I mean obviously we want to finish in the best way we can with a, with a series win but um, you know there's there's probably hundreds of people to thank in order to get a tour like this on and you know we've been away from home for eight weeks and and on the whole, managed to get th- get every game uh, pretty much played, and um, I think for anyone uh, as a player, your 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 career personally, it's it's uh, a dream come true. It's it's the pinnacle of of a guy from Britain and Ireland to to play for the Lions, and I think um, it's definitely something in the next couple of weeks when I get home and and have a chance to see where I've come to to get to this point. Ali Price starts at scrum half, has a massive game in store, hopefully. And uh, listening to Franco Smith earlier, talking about the loss that Faf de Klerk will be for South Africa and thinking about Ali Price and the impact he can have, he is uh, part of the reason, and, th- and that position, part of the reason why I am going South Africa 20, the Lions 24. That's my prediction. Love it, Tim. Love it. Yep. Fingers crossed. Here we go. Uh, you've been listening to the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 with the famous grouse, the spirit of rugby, 18+, plus, be drink aware, uh, the final Lions Daily, by the way, Sunday night from 5pm here on TalkSport 2 with Hannah Wilkes looking back at the third test, whatever it brings. The preview show tomorrow evening from 7pm on TalkSport and it's all on the line on Saturday. You'll hear commentary of that deciding third test. TalkSport, build up from 4pm, kickoff from 5. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.